Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Unexplained happenings are happening all over the world, no matter what time of day or night it is. It just seems like there are other things and other forces at work at all times. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true ghost horror stories and paranormal horror stories that just cannot be explained. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in The Swamp. Today's episode is sponsored by Chilling, the number one app for scary stories and all things horror. If you're not already familiar with the Chilling app, it's an app that I've been partnered with since its inception. It was actually invented by my good friend, Being Scared, and it features many other narrators like Your Maker, Mr. Creepypasta, Mr. Creeps, myself, and many, many others. Of course, we can't forget Chilling's patented ambient sound menu. This menu lets you change the background noise at will, so if you want some rain noises, you can have it. If you want to change to some nice ambient thunder sounds, you can do that as well, and it won't interrupt the story at all. And currently, Chilling is running a campaign on Republic, so now everybody can have a piece of their favorite app. So, if you want to be a part of the fastest growing horror app today, be sure to check out all the links in the description, and I'll see you there. And once again, thank you Chilling for sponsoring this episode, and I can't wait to see you guys over there. Footprints in the Ice by Boobius Hackred I'll keep this short and sweet. A few years back, we were having a brutally cold winter. The snow had frozen into ice and covered everything. It was pitch black in the backyard when I let my dog outside one last time before bed that evening. As we exited the house from the sliding door of the walkout basement and onto the lower deck, I felt like something was off. Our home backs up to some woods, so I was accustomed to hearing noises from the wildlife at night. But this, this was different. Nothing made a sound except the cold arctic wind, but I felt I was being watched. When my dog was in the backyard, I looked around nervously, expecting a coyote or a predator to pop out of the tree line. My dog did his business, but afterwards stopped and stared at a corner of the woods until I got creeped out and called him back inside. I quickly locked the sliding door and shut the curtains, unable to shake the uneasy feeling I had outside. Then, after double and triple checking all the locks in the house, I finally felt at ease enough to go to bed. Sometime around three in the morning, I hear the muffled sound of my dog barking from the basement two floors below. I got up, stumbled down three flights of stairs, and found him standing at the basement sliding door. He was peeking his head through the closed curtains, barking his head off with the hairs standing up all on his back. I tried calling him away from the door, but he would not let up. I dreaded peeking out the curtain to see what he was barking at, after the uneasy feeling I had from earlier in the night. 
Finally, I held my breath, swiped the curtain aside, I peered into the blacky inkness, but I saw nothing to cause any alarm. A wave of relief washed over me. I figured it must have been a deer or a raccoon in the yard that set him off. He whined at the door for a few more minutes until I bribed him upstairs with a dog cookie. After that, I went back to bed and wasn't disturbed again that night. That is, until the morning when I went to the basement to let out the dog. I opened the sliding door and walked out onto the deck as he bounded into the snow. When I looked down, my blood ran as cold as the sub-zero morning temperatures. A set of bare human footprints were frozen in the ice on the deck. They were obvious. I could make out each toe of the person's foot. The prints were large and appeared to be in the form of an adult, maybe a male. Looking around, I noticed they started at the base of the deck and disappeared off the side of the deck. I had my snow boots on so I walked around the yard, but I could find no trace of the footprints in the snow once they left the deck. Keep in mind, the daily temperatures were at around 0 degrees Fahrenheit and the wind chill was close to 20 below. Frostbite would set in within a matter of minutes for anyone walking around barefoot, especially in the dead of night. I never experienced anything like that again, but I have adopted a second dog. My Ghost Story by Tater these events started about a year and a half before my youngest nephew was born, and the little bugger turned a year old two months ago. I mentioned last time that I'm a practicing witch. I don't broadcast it much, but I don't hide it as I used to do it in my youth. This has led to a few friends over the years coming to me for more specific advice, and a few surprised me since I need to get used to people taking me serious for this kind of stuff. My best friend's aunt, who I believe is some sort of Christian denomination, paid me for a home cleansing in one of the wards I've made for my own home. The story started with this type of interaction with my pregnant sister-in-law. She called me to tell someone about the weird stuff that had started happening around their home. After an old friend visited for a few days, she admitted that this individual had a more sketchy past from life decisions and drugs and that they used to mess around with a Ouija board when they were younger. That was all I needed to hear, and I gave her my undivided attention. I have to love how a powerful divination tool is sold as a kid's toy. I've heard too many horror stories about them to even give it a try. Anyway, she told me about the strange electrical issues that started when she first got there, but what worried her the most was that it never stopped after she left. Lamps would stop working, for example, and one even popped a bulb in my older nephew's room out of nowhere. What got to her and made her call me was the string of bad luck that started small but soon escalated to my brother getting into a car accident. He was ultimately okay but the car did not really uh, make it. It was totaled and they could not afford to replace it. She told me about a heavy feeling in the house, a sense of being watched. Around this time, my nephew started talking about the tall shadow in his room at night. When she told me about this, I was floored and confirmed her suspicions as something had been attached to her friend who had decided to stick around. She was worried for her family, but the fact that she was pregnant, it, it, it cranked everything up to 11. It probably saw them as an easy target, causing stress to feed on the negative turmoil it caused. After the initial shock had faded, I was absolutely livid. I'm the type of person who doesn't care if you mess with me. 
But when you mess with my loved ones, it's a completely different story. She'd called asking for help, understandably on the more discreet side. So no cinnamon stick pentagram wraiths. She also didn't want to do anything that dealt with smoke for apparent reasons. I told her about simmer pots and simple sound cleansing, something she could do while I got things together for them in the meantime. She could go around the house banging on a bank and telling it to get out if needed. I made a protection jar in a small discreet glass jar smaller than a mason jar that she could place over her doorway or bury underneath her front porch. I also gave to her another small jar full of small tumbled pieces of obsidian. Those were for every entrance of the house, front and back doors, and windows for after she did the cleansing of her choosing. Simple. If it were, I wouldn't be typing this out at 1am when I can't sleep. I gave her the supplies at her baby shower a few weeks later. With all the friends and family there, I almost didn't pick up on the odd feeling that seemed to radiate from the closet in the corner to my sister-in-law. I'm a practitioner who loves crystals and makes jewelry, so I was discreetly protected from everything. At the time, I had let my anger get the better of me and challenged it to pick on someone their own size. Unfortunately, it did just that and followed me home. It took me a while to realize it, and also for it to get past my protections. Unfortunately, wards need to be refreshed and recharged after a period, and it was that time again. It started by going after me specifically at first, trying to scare me. In my previous story, I mentioned that I'm claircognizant. I often know things I cannot understand and even get quick flashes of impressions or over-actual images in my head, like what a ghost looks like and what they're wearing, but I do not see anything with my eyes. This started by hanging back in the shadows before beginning to get a reaction out of me. Then, it liked to wait around doors so it would suddenly be in your face when entering a different room. It was skinny, dark, Large, slightly sunken in eyes and long limbs. It spent most of the time in a crouched position, even when moving around. It would only stand up straight when it hung down from the doorway so it could loom over you. I could deal with this and be happy to leave my family alone, but that lasted for only just a short time. Once it realized it wasn't going to get what it wanted from me, most of the time laughing at its attempts to get me, it found a new target. I currently live with my parents, with my partner of 12 years, and our two young daughters due to issues with the new landlords taking over where we had been renting for quite some time. None of the other adults mentioned anything when I noticed its absence, but it was around that time my oldest, 6-year-old, started having nightmares often and told me about the recent tapping on her window at night. After reassuring her and giving her one of my protection necklaces, I saw it go into their room one night after we had put them down. It was quick, but I still caught it, and it was smiling. I had been careless and arrogant to think that it would only come after me, and I had to get rid of it once and for all. I was going the whole nine yards to make sure it couldn't find a metaphorical hole to hide in. After a ritual shower to prepare myself, I opened all the windows before taking down my wards to charge them before cleansing every part of my home. I'm sure it knew what I was getting ready to do because of what happened next. My partner and I sleep in the basement. The girls getting my old room. I gathered everything from around the house and started down the stairs to get things started when I felt a shove at my upper back. It didn't knock me over, but pushed me in a way to have me roll my ankle and then fall down the stairs on my knees and shins. The only reason I didn't just go tumbling ass over the tea kettle was because my death grip on the wood railing. 
I had gone about halfway down the metal-rimmed stairs before my grip had tightened enough to stop myself abruptly. It took me a minute or so to get my banged-up legs back under me to finish getting down. My legs were cut up pretty bad and would be covered in bruises for the next week or two. The worst part were the toes of my right foot, though. I had somehow slid down partly on the top of my foot before going the rest of the way down on my shin. My foot was absolutely killing me and swelled up for quite a few days after. After making it to my desk and chair, I let myself quietly freak out for a few minutes. That was the first time anything had ever outwardly attacked me, but it had also convinced me that I needed to finish my task and get it out of here once and for all. I wrapped my foot up with an ace bandage and kept on going. No, I did not get my foot checked out. I live in the US and there is a minimal amount of doctors to choose from that would do anything with toe or foot injuries without costing me a billion dollars. I'll spare you the details, but after that, I haven't seen or felt that thing since. Even if I still can't curl my last three toes on that foot anymore. Thank you for your time, and I'm sorry that this got so long-winded. Greetings, Swamp Dweller. My name is Patrick. First off, I'd like to say that I love your show. I started listening and watching just a few weeks ago, while I was at work. I absolutely fell in love and I thought I should share a story that has plagued my mind for years about the time I saw something unnatural, vicious, and thirsty for blood. Personally, I think it was a demon, but I'll let you and the viewers or listeners, whatever you want to call them, decide. I'd like to apologize for the length of this story as there is a lot of detail that follows what happened. Everything in this story is true. I wish it wasn't, but unfortunately, I must live with it for the rest of my life. This story takes place when I was 17 years old as a junior in high school in Salina, Utah. I only had two friends in high school because everyone I went to school with thought I was a freak because I have been able to see and communicate with spirits since I was a child. It's a small town and everybody hears everything. My two friends Logan and Ryan and I were very avid paranormal investigators. We loved going all over our community and our county in general to investigate abandoned houses that were potentially haunted, and cemeteries rumored to be. Me being able to see and communicate with the dearly departed made the experience even more interesting. We decided to do something a little bit different this time though. We heard rumors that there was a dark figure that roams a wooded park in the mountains of our area. We like to call the mountain Cryptid Mountain, for reasons I'll get into for another story. When we heard about this place, the three of us got excited and waited for the weekend so we could go investigate and see what was going on. Fast forward to the day of the event. Saturday came and the three of us could not wait for nightfall to come. So, to pass the time, Ryan stole a pack of cigarettes from his father. His father smoked three packs a day and kept cartons of cigarettes in his room. We got in Logan's truck and headed to the park ahead of time to smoke them. You know, kid stuff. We sat in his truck and smoked almost half a pack in about five hours. As soon as the sun started to set, Logan started to get a strange feeling. He bent over, holding his stomach. Guys, I have a really bad feeling about tonight, Logan stated. Are you okay, man? I asked as a concerned friend, patting his back. He's fine, just being a pussy, Ryan replied before Logan could speak. Ryan was always a hothead and could be a complete and total jerk at times. Logan flipped him off and told him he was a dick, which I giggled at. After about 10 minutes, 
I asked Logan if he was ready to go and if he still wanted to do this. He replied with, let's do it, brother. His attitude surprised me. Just two minutes ago, he was holding his stomach in pain. Now, he's hyped up. I was so confused, but his hype got me excited. We got out of Logan's truck and made our way to the destination. As we walked closer to the playground, we noticed that there was a man looking at us from a window of the supply shed. The three of us looked at each other in confusion, wondering why he was there. We later learned he was the groundskeeper, but more on that later. He looked scared, and it seemed like he was trying to tell us something while he mouthed something and pointed nervously. At first, we thought he was pointing at us, but we soon realized that he was pointing at the playground behind us moments later. Why doesn't he just open the door and tell us? I thought. So I decided I would go and see what he was trying to say. I made my way towards the window and shouted, We can't hear you! What are you trying to say? He made his way to the door and cracked it open and whispered, Don't go into the playground. Something big and mean is over there. If you're smart, you'll just get out of here. Chills ran down my spine when he said this. He closed the door and backed away from the window into the dark of his shed, not breaking eye contact with the playground. I ran back to my friends and explained to them what the man had said to me. Logan got that feeling again but Ryan expressed that the groundskeeper was probably just some sort of drug addict or something, and was probably just a big pussy like Logan and I. I told Ryan to shut up jokingly, and we made our way to the playground. Ignoring the warning from the frightened man, as soon as I set foot on the round pebble floor of the playground, I instantly felt, I don't know, angry. I wanted to hurt someone. I wanted to hurt my friends. I, I wanted to kill them. I shook my head to focus on the task at hand and made my way to the tube to slide, forgetting that feeling. I made my way to the slide and investigated the bottom of the slide and saw nothing, but I could feel that there was something in this area. I looked back at my friends. Logan was combing the area for any evidence, and Ryan was on top of the playset. I stood back up and took one step from the slide. Then, something tripped me. It felt like someone had physically grabbed me by the ankle and pulled me to the ground. When I hit the ground, I let out a loud, What the hell? Logan ran over to me in a panic. Patrick, are you... He froze in mid-sentence as he looked up at the slide. I looked up at him and asked, What's wrong? He just pointed to the slide, jaw dropped and eyes filled with fear. I turned around and saw what he saw. It was a big, shadowed figure staring back at us. It let out a slow, snarled growl. I noticed its hands receding back into the shadows on the slide and saw that it was, like, wet and pitch black. These long claws were like fingernails almost. I freaked out and kicked away from the slide, trying to get to my feet. At last, when I got to my feet with Logan's help, I turned to Ryan and shouted for him to get off the playset. Ryan looked at the two of us and saw the fear in our faces. Then he saw something crawling up the slide. He didn't stay to find out what it was. Instead, he jumped from the highest point of the playset to the pebbled floor below. When he landed, Logan and I heard a loud crack from Ryan's foot. Later, we found out that he broke his ankle in two places when he hit the ground. Logan and I picked him up and ran back to the truck. The anger, feeling, I felt earlier was back as soon as I set Ryan in the truck. I grabbed Logan's baseball bat from the bed of the truck and made my way back to the playground. I know now that this was a stupid decision. Logan and Ryan yelled and cried for me to come back, but I didn't listen. 
I got back to the slide and searched for whatever it was that scared the living daylight out of us. It wasn't in the slide anymore, nor was it even on the playground. I searched for what felt like an hour but was only a few short seconds. I looked over at the groundskeeper's shed and saw the door was open. I made my way over in a fury thinking I was going to mess this thing up. When I got to the shed, the rage inside me left. My body was replaced with confusion yet again. The groundskeeper was gone as if he was never there in the first place. I looked inside but didn't see anything out of the ordinary. I looked back at my friends in the truck to see them waiting in suspense. I felt as if something was breathing on my neck and froze in place like Logan did earlier. In fear, I slowly turned around to see something that will forever be etched into my mind. When I turned around, a shadowed face with piercing yellow bloodshot eyes stared back at me, snarling at me with this decayed and jagged looking smile drooling some nasty yellow liquid. I was in a state of paralysis. I couldn't move at all. Then, this thing let out a roar so ferocious it brought me back to my senses. I dropped the bat and ran back to the truck as fast as my feet could take me. When I got to the truck, I hurried and jumped in and told Logan to get the hell out of there. After I got my breath back and Logan began to drive, I looked at both him and Ryan, and their faces were pale. I asked them what was wrong. This is what Ryan told me. Dude, when you were running back to the truck, something tall, thin, and black was running behind you, reaching out for you. I was speechless. To this day, I wonder what would have happened if it had caught me. Out of all the craziness and fear, we had Logan take Ryan to the ER. After the hospital visit and Ryan's extremely angry dad, we all went home. The next morning, Logan called me and asked if I went back to the park. I said no, why? Confused. Because this morning I was getting ready for my early morning run, and when I opened my front door, my bat was sitting on my porch with scratch marks all over it. My heart dropped. I remembered dropping his bat at the park by the shed. I never went back to get it. What Logan said next still haunts me. It had this yellow stuff dripping from it. Later, we found out that the groundskeeper we thought we saw that night died of a massive heart attack in that same shed 10 years prior to our investigation. I know this because we did some digging and we found an article and an obituary. Two years later, I learned the shed was torn down by the city for safety reasons and they will not disclose why to the public though. I'd love to read some comments as to what you guys think this was. Thank you for reading my story, Swamp Dweller. When I have the time, I'll share some more tales from Cryptid Mountain. For some people, this may seem far-fetched, but I can assure you this is real. So basically, I have been a sufferer of sleep paralysis for 10 years. I am 28 years old currently. I can sometimes get it up to 10 times in one night, to the point that I don't sleep at all. And believe me, it is exhausting. So I went to a friend who is a healer and we have done a range of past life regressions and full moon rituals. I now also have begun to practice Wicca, which is not what people think. Nothing at all witchy, it's spiritual and protecting. Since I have found myself and become open to being an empath, I have been seeing voids every night before bed. Then recently, they have shown up in other places. It's like a strange black shifting, like smoke, that I can feel is a void or like a dimension if that makes any sense. 
Sometimes it feels bad as though something is trying to get through, but cannot due to the protecting crystals, sage, spells, and other powerful objects I have around me in my bedroom. I have begun to hear very loud ringing and voices in my head when I sleep, to which it wakes me up because I feel like things are trying to get to me. So, one night of course, I can astral project, so I decided to see if I could find my spirit guides and ask what is happening, when instead, I come face to face with what I can only describe as a sleep paralysis demon. The one who has taunted me for years, making me feel like he was licking my neck and entering me when he felt like. It basically felt like being assaulted by the vilest thing you could ever imagine. His skin is a shade of green, his hair all bushy and black, and his face I can't explain at all if I am honest, due to mental blocks. He began to laugh as though he had finally had the opportunity to take over my body. Through research, sleep paralysis isn't real, so I started to think, well, how can I feel and see this thing? And if it weren't real, why, why couldn't I move? So all of this is flowing through my head. I managed to repeat my sage spell, which helps to cleanse your room and house. Air, fire, water, earth, cleanse, dismiss, dispel, over and over. Then, I kid you not, the fear I felt was unreal. If you don't believe what I'm saying, I do not care. But out from the darkest corner, my spirit wolf Nuka leaped out and dragged this hideous thing behind me, tearing his arms from his shoulder and socket, taking it away out of my sight. Nuka is bright white with yellow eyes. He's been my spirit wolf for the last few years since I went to a past life and found him. He helped me let go of a few things, especially things that were hurting my soul. He then came back, looked at me, and nodded, and was gone. I found my body again through the darkness. This was over a month ago, and I have not seen that vile paralysis demon again. For anyone that suffers, I would always advise you to contact your spiritual guides and sage your bedroom every night. The protection is unreal, and has helped me more than anything else has. I hope you enjoyed my story, even though I know it was more unconventional than most. I think there is a demon or a ghost following my family. I'll start with saying that I'll have to send this in a couple of parts, so it isn't too long. And I apologize, this has been something that's followed me my entire life, but I'll share the most impactful or strange moments. I haven't told many people this, but since it's anonymous, well, you know, why not? I don't know where to start. This began before I was born with both my mother and my father. When my mom was young, she said there was only one time she felt true evil. She was young and living with her parents at the time. She awoke randomly and saw this tall, slender, black humanoid thing standing at the end of her bed. It wasn't sleep paralysis because she went under her covers and screamed for her parents. She didn't tell me much more about it or anything. She didn't really tell me about her other experiences before she passed away either. My dad is very reluctant on sharing his sightings because he has always been told that it was nothing. I've been slowly getting more and more out of him over the years though. Getting on with my personal encounters though. First odd thing that's happened to me was when we moved into our third house. When you walked into the front door, there was the living room down the hall and on the right, and the dining room and kitchen to the left. 
You go to the living room and there's one hallway with three bedrooms and the bathroom. My parents on the left and the rest on the right. And one at the very end. Anyway, both my siblings that lived with me were sleeping in the living room in the sleeping bags because of the move. And my mom and stepdad were sleeping in their room. When my older sister and I woke up, we ran to the back room which was the one we were arguing about to see who gets it because it's the biggest one. When we opened the door to the closet, on the inside to the left of the door, there was a crudely drawn face and sharpie that looked like a half dog, half human thing. My sister immediately yelled at me for trying to scare her out of getting that room because that wasn't there the day prior and no one else went in the room. I know for a fact that I didn't draw it and when I finally convinced her of that, she said we shouldn't take it off because it might anger whatever did it. She is a strong believer in ghosts. I wish I still had the picture, but I lost the phone as this was over 13 years ago. Another time, in the same house, my sister and her best friend were exploring the attic which was off limits, and no one ever went up there because they thought it was very creepy, not even my parents. Well, they discovered some boxes and ran off to tell my stepdad when he got home. He went up there and immediately ran down and called the landlord to take them out of the house right now. He didn't even want to touch the boxes that were up there and refused to tell us what they were. Now when I ask him, he pretends like that never happened, which is infuriating because I'm very curious. Anyway, if you're interested in more stories with this demon or ghost that followed my family, I have a couple of other things that has happened that I cannot explain and might be paranormal. Hello Swamp Dweller, I'm a long time listener and this is my first time sharing a story. I love your channel as it helps me de-stress and distract me from my anxieties. I'm 36 years old and this happened around the age of 5 or 6 in Wallingford, Connecticut. We live in a large three-story brick and wooden house constructed sometime in the 1800s, adjacent to a thick set of woods which was the perimeter of our backyard. We used to play in these woods often as kids riding BMX bikes, playing paintball, just normal kid stuff. As far as critters go, we didn't have anything too serious to worry about other than the occasional black bear, but normally just deer, fox, woodchucks, and your standard woodland creatures inhabited our property. I was very familiar with the wildlife we shared space with, even at that age. My bedroom happened to be the only one facing the backyard towards the woods, and my bed was parallel to a sliding glass window with no screen. One night, I had sat up wide awake to the sound of the window next to my bed being smashed from the outside in. Shards of glass spewed all over the desk under the window and the floor next to my bed as if a stuntman was just jumping through the window or some sort of SWAT team breaching a door. The next thing I saw will forever be burned in my memory. Now, bear with me. This is going to sound, well, different. But I will describe this as thoroughly as I can. A small, brown and scaly claw-like hand grabs the side of the window and leans a face that I will never forget. The first thing I notice are two bulbous, yellow glowing eyes with pupils locking onto mine, like laser-guided systems. The intense and bulging eye sat upon a sickly thin face, which I can only describe as a goblin. Its wrinkled skin was a grotesque fecal brown ridden with black porous-like holes. An exaggerated pointed chin hung under a grimace of gnarly, rotten yellow teeth, mangled, looking like a mako shark. 
This thing bared its teeth with an evil smile. Its huge, pointed nose wrinkled and gigantic. Flappy ears cringed back so its head looked like an agitated dog. Very slightly, this ugly little, whatever you want to call it, lowered his head while maintaining eye contact, revealing a set of recurved black horns. Looking like that of an impala, it was roughly two to three feet tall as I saw the entire outline of its being squatting on my windowsill. This goblin thing and I locked eyes. I saw it advance towards me about one millimeter, and then the memory completely cuts off there. The next thing I know, I am being reprimanded by my parents for breaking my window, as there was glass all over my desk and floor. They did not believe me about the goblin. I don't really blame them, I guess, as I was a very young child at the time, but I do know what I saw. I was wide awake and this was not a dream. I've investigated this as much as I possibly could and found some possibilities as to what it could have been. There are two cryptids that have similar appearances, the duende and something called brownies. Problem is, duendes are normally in South America and brownies are in Europe. I was in Connecticut. Duendes are a little smaller than what I saw and brownies are said to wear clothes, as this goblin thing was naked. I do plan on getting hypnotic regression to revisit this memory, as well as my out-of-body experience and maybe something else. But this one hit me the hardest. Was it a goblin, or could it have been some sort of demon or something? Aside from the goblin-like features, the darn thing looked like the devil. It's a lot to get into, but I suspect that this might be the case, and I might have had an attachment to this thing. I think it possibly feeds off my negativity. I honestly wonder if it somehow jumped into me. If you want a visual representation of what this thing kind of looked like, search for the band Necrogoblicon. The singer wears a mask that looks very close to what I saw, only it was brown and with recurved black horns. Thanks again for allowing me to share this experience. I don't know of anyone else who has ever seen a goblin or some sort of demon, but I do feel at home sharing it in the swamp. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true paranormal and unexplained horror stories. Whether it's a demon, a sleep paralysis encounter, or some sort of unexplainable footprint that's following you in the snow, I don't know how to explain any of these stories. But I'd love to know in the comments down below which one was your favorite. It definitely helps me pick out better ones in the future. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to hit that like button as it helps this video grow and reach more people. 
If you're new to the swamp, why not join us and help us grow our ever-expanding waters? Subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them nearly every single day. Many thanks to Chilling for sponsoring this episode again. Be sure to check out the links in the description to learn more about that. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FirstYear15 for promotional details.